So today I'm at the Three Counties in Cotswolds Tourism Forum. I was invited by Steve Gardner-Collins um, to cover to my podcast, the event, and uh, share the learnings of the day with everyone. Um, not sure what to expect. I've not been to one before, um, but I'm hoping to do the usual, go around and see people, um, watch the talks, pick out a few things, and then go and interview the people afterwards. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, right, better go off now because we're about to start. Hi, my name is Tim Shadrack from James Hallam Insurance Brokers and I've been in the business for the last 25 years. Uh, Our company um, insures over a thousand clients from hotels to private members clubs to restaurants, bars and distilleries. Yeah, oh really? Yeah, yeah. so it's uh, a, a wide variety of clients that we have. Something I jotted down while I was uh, listening to you is I want to know what the key sort of difference is in terms of insuring and uh, managing risk for, a, uh, for companies in the hospitality industry. Well, we have our own in-house risk management team, which a lot of insurance brokers don't have, and we help them eliminate their risk or as best as possible, which means they get lower claims, which means their premiums are lower. But on top of that, we create our own products which stands us out above other insurance brokers. We have our own wording, Mm. and it's something that other people cannot touch. We're unique in what we are able to offer. So we're warranty and condition-free, which means that there are no onerous conditions on the clients to do certain things. And if there's ever a claim, fingers crossed, it'll be something that we can sort out very quickly for them, which we do do, from large multi-million pound fires to floods to injuries. So we're, we're there to help the client um, at the weekends, bank holidays, whenever they need us. We'll be there 24-7 so we can do that. Uh, hello, uh, yep, my name's David Lindgren and I'm here selling Bushel and Peck cider, handcrafted cider from Gloucestershire. Lovely. And what got you into the business? Uh, good question, actually. Uh, Gloucestershire used to be a big uh, apple growing area. It isn't anymore. And when it came time for me to do something better than a corporate job, uh, it seemed like a good thing to do to uh, make cider made from uh, Gloucestershire apples and try and do whatever we can to resuscitate uh, an ancient but declining industry of Gloucestershire. Because um, I was born in Gloucestershire, uh, but actually lived a lot of my life in Herefordshire, which is okay. known for its... Um, yes. Society. What was the decline in Gloucestershire? Uh, well, I think it's, it, it, was, uh, it was reflected all over the country, but I think Gloucestershire has been uh, badly hit. Uh, agricultural policies in yeah. the 60s and 70s encouraged farmers to uh, grub, up their, uh, grub up their orchards and plant or do other things with the land. Um, and... I think a little bit too late. We, we, we realised that actually some of these old varieties and these, uh, these fruit trees were quite valuable. So um, I think that the decline has now been arrested and with any luck we're going in the right direction. But there's a long way to go. Um, and had we lived in Herefordshire, I wouldn't have got into this business because every village in Herefordshire has its own cider maker and they wouldn't need another one. So um, uh, Gloucestershire is a little bit different, so that would be uh, that was another reason that encouraged me to do it. Yeah, even even my dad does a little bit of cider making. Well, there we go. I mean, not only every village; I think every house. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, yes, right. it's not quite the same in uh, in Gloucestershire yet, but um, you know, it, the, the, there's a lot happening. It's an interesting it's an interesting time to be a cider maker. It is, yeah. 
Hi, I'm Xavier. I'm from the Battery Box, which I have created and built from scratch. So that's what we do. We do, as you're going to see, dessert for wholesale. Um, we're supplying services and we supply uh, various outlets around the cottles. Right, and it, look, it looks lovely. Thank you. Um, how did you get into that? Um, I'm a best chef. I've done this all my life. So since the age of 14, I've started to really? a local bakery. Yes, uh, as you can probably hear, um, I'm from uh, France, so just on the borderline of Switzerland and France. Uh, decided to come in the years ago, and there we go. Is the opportunity. Um, so that's what we do. Dessert, dessert for the masses. Have you been listening to any of the speakers? Yes, I have, and I find it very interesting. They've got some very good points where, where the future is going to go and take us. Uh, yes, it's been very informative. Hi, I'm Yvette Farrell from Hartsman Cookery School in the Forest of Dean. What's important to you for young people and the skills they need to learn in the hospitality industry? It's communication is a big one. We do get a lot of youngsters who come to us who really don't know how to communicate, to okay. how to speak to their peers or the people employing them but most of all the customers who are coming into their their, their area basically so yeah communication is a big one and just tell me a little bit about what you do um, well, we're a cookery school, but cookery school is not really the right word, I would say. It's cookery experiences. Right. It's um, everything to do with um, yeah, learning skills, but also enjoying what you're doing with cookery. Um, we have a lot of people who come who are in family groups, or they might be friends, or just want to experience um, a new cuisine because they're a bit bored with their cooking. All sorts of aspects, basically, yeah. of, of cookery. Um, and um, the youngsters that we employ, they don't come to us because they've got an, uh, a love of cookery or thing like that. They come because they want to earn a bit of money. Um, but what I found with them, it's like, what, you know, a few of them, it's like one in particular, she now makes a lot of cakes for raising money for their local really pavilion in the yeah. local village. Um, I mentioned Jack during the talk, and um, Jack is, you know, he's, he's actually doing his food technology, or whatever it's called nowadays, examination. And um, he asked if he could KA, kitchen, be a kitchen assistant, on some of the macro classes because he wanted to to do some macarons for his um for his end exam you know stuff like that but he's also changed his concept of what he actually wanted to do and he's quite keen on hospitality now yeah. because the youngsters when they come to us it's not just about um yeah washing up sweeping the floor it's about introducing the guests telling them where the toilet is telling them where they can put their coats and things like that so they go from being shy to being able to be responsive to people and to talk to people whereas I don't think they're necessarily taught those um, no. essential skills in school. No, and that's, I, I, I would assume that's hugely important whether they go on to stay in hospitality or not having those skills where they've been front of house they've been working with different people in different levels of the organisation or any walk of life that yeah. they go into you know communication is, is key to everything really isn't it you know so many things happen negatively because people don't communicate yeah. you know whether you're in a family or in a workplace and think you know you're not communicating effectively and even if it's to say I don't like the situation mm-hmm. um, it's like I had a get together with all the staff of which um, you know probably about eight of them were youngsters and the key thing that they wanted was to be identified by the customer right. so they wanted their own uniform so I said oh sure okay then and they actually said what colour they wanted it to be they actually came up with the words that they wanted on the t-shirts and the aprons and it was can we help you you know it's that kind of thing so they're now wearing their uniform oh, with pride so they're really pride. getting involved yeah, in it. because they, they dealt with it you know and uh, I've gone up in their estimation because I actually did it <laughs> instead of just talking about it so so yes yeah, so they were able to influence their their work environment positively basically brilliant well thank you very much for talking that's to a me. pleasure Enjoy thank the you the, uh, will do and you
So I'm Jackie Pennington and I'm um, the Operations Manager at Barclay Castle. I'm Adam Jones, I'm Marketing Manager for Aerospace Bristol. And you're on stage uh, in a panel discussion talking about partnership and what that means for businesses and day-to-day business and maybe marketing. Could you just tell me a little bit more about how important that is and an example of how you've used it in your businesses? Um, I think it's really, really critical that you collaborate with other, other businesses, especially when you're an attraction like ours, you're a castle in the middle of, no, in the middle of nowhere, really, and um, we're in quite a remote area, so sometimes you can feel quite isolated. But we've all got a lot of expertise, so it's great to work with other attractions, not see them as competition, and then share your ideas and, and also share your issues as well. You can be quite candid with each other, because not only do you, you build a relationship and a friendship, and, uh, and then it's good to just talk things through. Yeah, absolutely. And so maybe you've got an example about how you've been working with local businesses? Uh, yeah, I can give an example. We at Aerospace Bristol have been working with other attractions in the local area, so um, we've been meeting on two topics really, one on marketing and one on transportation. Um, so marketing is a shared opportunity. We generally want to reach similar kinds of people um, so we can work together and do that more efficiently. Um, and transportation in that particular area is a shared challenge that we have. So um, the public transport links aren't great. And so maybe if we can work together, we can overcome that. Yes, I remember someone in the audience was talking about um, that being a problem in terms of transport and, and getting people bussed around the locations and organising that. So um, that certainly seems like where you can something where you can overcome those challenges when you work together. Yeah, definitely. Now, now you brought up something very interesting about uh, bringing people together and not uh, not them, them not thinking it's competition. Yes. The business I've worked with, you bring them together, they don't really want to share secrets. How do you overcome that? I think if you're if you're open to start with about things that you people don't expect you to share, then they they turn around and they share their their information as well. So I think it's it's important to be open from the start, and um, and not to be secretive about things. And just and that that that, that I think that's the way that works really. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I I was quite surprised when I started working at. Maybe it's a bit different for some tourist attractions and, and particularly charities they may tend to be a bit more open um, but some are quite open about saying even how much budget they have and visitor numbers things that you think might be quite sensitive people will share and some things that maybe are that bit more sensitive like for instance um, an example of this is within that group that I mentioned around transport we've all shared postcodes of where our visitors are coming from um, but on that front we um, did it anonymously. Yeah. So one person, impartial person um, from a DMO, actually Visit Bristol, um, collated all the data. It's completely anonymous, but it meant that we had a bigger pool today to of data to work from. Yeah, exactly. So are partnerships the way forward for businesses? I think so, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Yeah, it's, uh, and just one other thing I'd like to say, there's, there's a barrier that you have, I think, when you're, you work sort of in isolation, in that you think, oh, we're, we're not as big as them, so, and you look at them as the organisation, and you actually forget that behind their doors, there's people like us, just normal people doing the same job, and we've all got the same objective to drive business to our doors. So, um, and that's, that's a really crucial thing to remember, is when you not competition and two don't be afraid to approach other other businesses thank you very much guys you're welcome thank you this episode is sponsored by 34sp.com they offer fast secure and managed wordpress hosting for the low price of 9.95 a month 
Now, we've moved most of our clients over to 34SP now. Um, we were previously using a shared hosting supplier. Uh, it's becoming rapidly unreliable, lots of 500 errors, very sluggish. Um, I was really impressed with 34SP speed once we moved over. It was incredibly fast um, through server and page caching. In fact, the first site we moved over went from 1.5 seconds, which is okay, to 0.4 seconds. I was incredibly impressed with the whole admin interface of WordPress when logging in and adding plugins and so on. It was incredibly speedy. 34SP also offer a free SSL certificate with Let's Encrypt, daily backup and managed core and plugin updates so your site is secure, a free website migration service, which I make full use of, a staging area to spin up a copy of your website to make tests safely, no restrictions on bandwidth, a simple control panel that I wish other hosts would copy, I really do, and great UK-based support even on the weekend, and I've used that a few times. So visit 34SP to upgrade your WordPress hosting. And when you do, use the code WPINVENTIVE at checkout. That's WPINVENTIVE, all one word, to get your first three months completely free, which is a particularly good deal. Thank you to 34SP for sponsoring something inventive. Hi, uh, I'm Ralph. I work for HomeAway Vacation Rental, and it's part of the Expedia Group. And I've just stopped, Ralph, because I'm interested in um, finding out are these sort of events where big businesses actually come to quite small local events? I mean, we're, we're over in um, Cheltenham at the moment. Um, is it worth, you know, that, that networking opportunity, that really getting close to, cust- to your customers? Yeah, definitely, because what we notice is it's more on a human-to-human human basis. It's really important to have this connection, build on relationship. Uh, nowadays, we all sit behind the desk, we have yeah. these emails, and it's really hard to connect. So when you see people face-to-face, it's definitely worthwhile to come to these events. So that's what we look for, building this relationship, yeah, having this we one-on-one because sometimes I think larger companies, such as like Expedia, can feel a bit faceless. Yep. You know, you see them online all the time. They've got really good branding, very highly trafficked, good companies, um, at least from the outside. But you don't get to meet the people. And I think it's really people that make the businesses. So these yep. opportunities. We're, we're people behind this, uh, this big brand. It's people. It's human. Uh, yeah, it's a big technology company. But, yeah, we're still human behind it. Yeah. Definitely. Is there anything you've learned from the forum today? Anything you've picked up that's really interesting? Uh, yeah, so a lot of nice topics here. Uh, we had uh, people talking a little bit on the uh, staycation from Barclays. That was one of the best. Expedia were giving some uh, data on uh, how to increase your bookings. Mm-hmm. And some presentations on food was interesting. So it's a nice mix. And now they're talking about leadership. So we might go and jump in. Yeah, we should. We'll go. Thank you. Thank you. So, Nick, you've kindly invited me onto the Cotswold Taste panel, or part of your discussion today, um, which was really good. Tell me how the, uh, the, the event's gone for you today. Well, it's been quite spectacular. We've been surprised ourselves, one, by the size of it, two, by the quality of people coming to us and wanting to talk with us, and three, um, by the sheer range of opportunities which seem to be opening up at the current time. It's all very exciting and very encouraging. So, just uh, for people who don't know, tell me a little bit about Cotswold Taste. Right, we're, we're a quality mark in the Cotswolds for food and drink produced to high standards. Uh, our aim is to uh, promote the success of our businesses. It's also to, uh, insofar as we ever can do, sort of encourage uh, reasonably priced food for consumers at a time when a lot of us are facing some pressures in the future. And thirdly, also, we're keen to see the attractions and environment of the Cotswolds not preserved, because that's the wrong word, but uh, conserved and helped move forward into probably a very different future. And one of, um, one of the things you're trying to do as part of Cotswold Taste is not just bring together people who make or distribute or, um, or restaurants, maybe, uh, food, 
but um, also the services that work in and around those companies as well, because I think they're vital in terms of supporting them, a bit like us as a marketing company, supporting those local businesses. How important is that for you to sort of bring everyone together? Well, it's crucial at the end of the day, uh, if you like, the not jigsaw puzzle, but the, the pyramid, if you like, is only as good as the all the members in it. So as well as that, you mentioned support businesses, but also the funders are crucial to it at the end of the yes. day. So funders, people in the food and drink chain, and the support businesses are all vital elements in this. And we try and, to the best of our abilities, try and blend them all together and help them come together to work together to best effect. And I didn't realise, uh, maybe you'd told me before, but I didn't realise that um, Cost for Taste is actually a, um, a group, a collaborative really, of all the members. Tell me a little bit more about that and how, how that came to be and why that's important. Okay, um, I had a background many years ago in cooperatives in Canada, which is a very different country to here. Uh, cooperatives are part of the mainstream there. One in, one in three people in Canada belongs to a cooperative or credit union, so wildly different to the UK. So having had that experience, it was a shock coming back to here, but um, my aim and ambition has always been to see a very different uh, set of approaches to partnering, to collaboration, to working together much more, not just between businesses, but between consumers and businesses mm. at the end of the day to best effect, um, really to empower consumers. And that's what cooperatives are about, ultimately. I'm Laurie Bell, and I'm the Chief Executive of the Cheltenham Trust in Cheltenham. Excellent talk. Really very interesting, fascinating. Um, I just wanted to pick up on a little aspect that you could um, elaborate on. And really tell me how, how it is leaders can um, encourage participation and cooperation. It's a topic we've heard from earlier today, and I think it's particularly important, certainly in terms of marketing. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you about the talk. I mean, it's one of those fascinating topics about leadership. And I think encouraging people to get involved and to become part of something and to participate is actually, for me, it's all about understanding why you would come together. So what's the purpose? What is it that everybody perhaps um, knows that isn't right and that maybe needs to be changed? And I think it it can happen at all different scales. So, for example, within your organisation, if it's maybe not performing as well as it can, it's about that really getting underneath, well, why is that happening? And getting everybody's view on that so that everybody has the opportunity to say, actually, if I could do things differently, what would it be and why? So for me, it's no different if you start to work with partners, because actually you get all your partners around the table, whoever it happens to be, you know, all those influencers or those people that know that maybe something's not as good as it could be. And the first thing you do is you all agree, well, what is it that isn't quite right? And therefore, what is it we would all like it to be like in the future? So for me, it's that kind of understanding the reality of where you are. Understanding and agreeing what the vision and the future could look like, that, that, that kind of purpose. And then between all of you, you start to work out, well, how are you going to achieve that and get there? And that's when it starts to break down into what I would describe as that accountability and that doing and that real focus on building success. So for me, I suppose that's the, the easy answer, but obviously these things take a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of endurance. And, and for me, I think it focus is something that you don't just have and then you flit on to something else. Yeah. Focus, for me, is about that real sense of purpose and you know when you're starting to achieve it, when you see those success and those results that you've all planned in and they're happening. Lovely. And, and you mentioned about um, having a common, common enemy. Mm. That can be a really effective way mm. to bring people together. Mm. Is that something you can, tr- can contrive in a way? 
I, I think I think that's a really good question. Thank you for that. I mean, obviously, the, the example I was giving on The Common Enemy was in Salisbury, where yeah, no, right, Novichok yeah. hit, and it brought everybody in Salisbury, whether they were a business, a resident, a community leader, together, mm. to actually look at how they can get um, Salisbury rebuilt and, and people visiting again and feeling very confident about that the city was safe and it was a great place to be. I think for me, it's back to, it, it maybe isn't about the common enemy, but it's about to why does something need to change? What's not right at the moment? Is it economic drivers? Is it emotional drivers? Is it actually just the fact that everybody's recognising that um, more could be done to enhance um, a place or, or, or a business? Yeah. And what is it? And therefore getting everybody together to say where we are at the moment is, is if you like, the common enemy because it's not good enough. Yeah. And actually, if it's not good enough, stop moaning about it and make it change. Hello there. My name's uh, John and I'm from the uh, Boutique Distillery. And uh, at the moment, we make lots of really nice gin. And uh, what are you doing at Tourism before, before and what brings you here? Um, I live local and uh, it's some, well, this is something I've been passionate about for a while. And um, I'm part of Cotswold Taste, and they sort of invited me along, and I thought, what a brilliant opportunity to come and preach the word about all things local, you know? Yeah, absolutely. How did you get involved with Nick and Cotswold Taste? Um, I was part of the, uh, I think it's a business hub over in Gloucester, and then through there someone put me in touch, and then I got a, a phone call off Nick one day, and we arranged a meeting up at the Fleece in Sirencester, um, which I think is one of Nick's secret watering holes. I think it is a popular one for Nick. <laughs> And we, we just hit it off, and at the time I was going through my uh, the process to gain my salsa certification for food production. Nothing to do with dance? No, no, or chip dips. Just thought I'd better say that. And um, he was able to put me in touch with a lady um, called Karen Meadows and from Safety in Action, and she came along as a consultant and worked with us for three months and helped us uh, gain our accreditation for salsa. And it's just been flying ever since. This episode is sponsored by BombBomb.com. Whether you're in sales, customer success, business development or leadership, you're probably at your best when you're face-to-face with someone, just like this. That's why BombBomb has created a way to quickly and easily send simple personal videos directly from your email inbox. Now, I've always felt at a disadvantage communicating in text, particularly via email. So I've been using BombBomb to send explainer videos alongside my proposals. It's easier for me to explain all the details about a project without it ending up like a wall of text that I know people won't read. Using personal video also allows me to share my personality and enthusiasm, which can be hard to get across with text. So with BombBomb, your emails can feel as warm and personal as a face-to-face meeting, which will help create a better customer experience, increase conversion, and build stronger professional relationships. If you'd like to see examples of how sales, marketing and customer success professionals are using email videos in their business, then go to vid.us slash something inventive and you'll be sent 10 video examples from real users. You'll also get to hear from Jonathan, who was a guest on my podcast, and he's given me some really good tips when presenting in video, particularly for using these whiteboards and pens. Plus, you'll also get a chance to set up a free trial of the software yourself. So visit vid.us slash something inventive to get 10 video examples from real users. Thank you for BombBomb for sponsoring Something Inventive. So my name's Adrian Nichols. I'm from the Truckle Cheese Company. 
we make a range of mature cheddar cheeses uh, in truckle format. Truckle stands for the cylindrical shape uh, right, of, yeah. the sh- of the cheese in a wax coating. Okay. Okay. This was a question on who wants to be a millionaire 15 years ago, and nobody knew what the answer really? was, and we thought, what a great name uh, to have, which is how we came up with the concept of the Truckle Cheese Company. There's something you were telling me earlier about the French market, and yes. they, uh, you made me guess how many cheeses they had. Right. Um, do you want to tell me that story briefly? By, by means. Uh, People often think with cheese uh, that France is the place for cheese. And and the French do market cheese very, very well, particularly in their supermarkets, unlike England, in the same way, you know. There are actually only 278 French cheeses, but most people can't believe how many British cheeses there are. And and there are actually 750. Yeah, which is amazing. But by the time we actually add in all the flavours as well, it's nearer to 1,000 cheeses. So four times as much, basically, as as of the the French. And when we have something like the Baron Bygod, the Brie, it just goes to show you that we can make Brie as well as, if not better, than the French. You know, there is enormous demand also for British cheeses in Europe, uh, in, in France uh, and, and in and Germany, but also Malta, Spain, Portugal as well. Hello there, my name's Nikki Page. I'm the founder of TLC, uh, Health, Luxury, Travel and Tourism, and I'm here today in Cheltenham. You are, and um, you caused quite a stir at the forum. <laughs> you come on after, um, after lunch, after the break, woke everyone up. You started saying, we've got to change what you're doing, you can't stand around. Do you want to tell me a little bit? You said that wasn't the plan when you came on. No, I had a very uh, formal presentation, actually. Um, and although I showed the stats and the numbers, I was listening in the room for a few hours, and I just thought, you know what? Nothing is going to really change or happen as a result of everybody spending a whole day here. And I thought, if this destination and this region wants to get more high-value international Gulf clients spending, you've got to do it differently now, because otherwise, I'm afraid to say, others will take it. And they are. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really about, you know, we've got to start doing it now. We've got to work in partnership, and we've got to spend some money doing it. Some effort. Absolutely. You're too small and fragmented to really make an impact on the big international stage. So, you've got to come together with a pot. Everybody put in the pot. Focus very specifically on target markets that we can make a difference and go for those. Be accountable for that. I'm afraid the private sector has to drive it. And I also feel that the public sector has to follow along and hand over the dosh supported by the private sector and let you do it yourself because right now you come out of Heathrow you turn right into London yeah all right you stay there and then where are you going to go well we're not really sure I haven't even heard of half the places and I live over the bridge in Wales so if I haven't others certainly haven't so it is an awareness issue there's um, a communication issue. There's a lack of understanding about how on the ground the markets are working in mm-hmm. Saudi, Qatar, Kuwait, Oman, Bahrain, United Arab Emirates. And I just simply don't think we're being proactive enough and we have to change our ways. It's simple. Yeah, it was absolutely right. And you had a lot of people coming up to talk to you about it after you really shook, shook a few uh, trees. I've got to say, I really did. <laughs> Of a lot of people come and say, do you know what? Thank God somebody has finally said something yeah. 
I really didn't know that that was the mood of the room. So um, I guess I could either have been shot down and never heard of again. <laughs> Or, as it so happens, everybody seems ignited yeah. to make a difference. And I think you've got to build on that momentum. Uh, the moderator is so dynamic. She can pull it all together. I gave you a live opportunity. I mean, you can't do better than you that, You did, that's right? right. You had an opportunity and said, so, if you club together, come we, on. we need to bring these uh, to so, the people. So, you know, yeah. what more can one do is coming to an event, isn't yeah. it? To, yeah. to give and share, Absolutely. to then get back and help altogether better, simply. My name's Susie Hunt and I'm the partnership manager for Cotswolds Tourism, which is the destination management organisation for the Cotswolds. So tell me a little bit more about that. Uh, well, we're basically a marketing organisation and today has been about uh, telling people, both our membership but also those working in tourism, about various opportunities, what we do, uh, things they can get involved with and the value of tourism yeah. to the Cotswolds. And how do you think it's gone? I think it's been brilliant. It's been I mean, a good it's day. It's been quite lively at times and uh, it's been generally very well received. I think yeah. a lot of the topics have been very interesting. There's some that I'd like to have heard more on, some that uh, I could probably have heard less on. <laughs> but generally it was, yeah, really good, very positive feedback. Great. And uh, have you got any, what are, what are sort of key themes for, for tourism at the moment? Key sort of In terms of what we're doing, yeah. um, we've got um, a couple of big campaigns next year. This, Sorry, we're in 2020, aren't we? This year. So we're focusing on dog-friendly Cotswolds, mm -hmm. doing a big campaign about... Uh, dog-friendly places to stay and to go. We're also looking at seven uh, market towns and villages which are perhaps a bit less well-known to right. try to spread the season of interest. The Cotswolds, everyone goes to the honeypot villages, uh, always in the height of summer, so we want to spread the season of interest and to try to encourage people to go to equally gorgeous places, um, but a bit more authentic, a bit more rugged perhaps, for want of a better word, um, because they are also beautiful and they also have a fantastic amount to offer. It is a beautiful area. I've, I've come from Hereford. Yep. Uh, equally, be equally beautiful. It is equally be beautiful, although this seems to be so much easier for business for me. It's well, much more connected. Um, so, so from a, uh, getting here from London, so much easier. Um, accessing Bristol, uh, going down south, you know, it's a really well connected area. I think the only problem that we have as the Cotswolds, which is an 800 square mile patch, it's a huge area, it is, yeah. is that you can get to a train station, but once you get to a train station, then getting somewhere else within the Cotswolds is not so easy. That's right, yeah. So the connectivity is pretty good to a major train station, but other than that, it's more tricky. And that's something people were talking about today. Exactly. maybe organising bus trips and, yeah. and actually as a, as a tourist myself often when I go to other countries they actually do it very well you know yes. they'll, they'll package you up and, and, and from a tourist point of view that's really nice you know, often fixed cost yeah. you don't have to worry about anything that's really nice if you're in another yeah. country and it, the same applies for people coming here exactly and we're, we're very proud of our website which is very easy to remember it's just cotswolds.com and on there is a load of information about getting here getting around when you are here great places to go great things to see so um if anyone is thinking about a trip to the Cotswolds, which we hope they are in 2020, yeah. uh, it's a really good starting point. Lovely. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Thank you very Thank much. You. Graham Stonage, sales director, streetpin.com. Um, how have you been finding the tourism today? It's been uh, a very energetic forum. There's been a lot of discussion. There's been a lot of um, interest in our product. There's been a lot of interest in working together and collaborating and yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah, definitely. A lot of conversation about partnerships. Yeah, which is, which is a good thing. Yeah. And, um, our, uh, our aim is to provide our digital notice boards so that we can facilitate those conversations. So hopefully something, will come, something good will come out of the day.
Well, briefly explain the, the product. Well, as I said, it's a digital notice board. If you think of the old-fashioned notice board where you pinned up a notice to tell people whether you're selling something or yeah. doing something, there's an event coming up, or just to communicate something, then that's what it is, but in the digital age. Yeah. So it is a mini-website, uh, for want of a better description, yeah. which has got some static information on about who you are and how to contact you and, and what you're about. But then it's a live page in, in the way that a Facebook or an Instagram page is live. But it's got the beauty that it's got editorial control because it's, it's your pinboard and your, your post. Yeah, and it's very much focused around location, isn't it? So as different boards or um, pins are set up around, then you can go and visit those on the map. That's absolutely yeah. correct. You can spot, whenever you go to a town where there's a pinboard or an area where there's a pinboard, you, you will find it just simply by googling streetpin.com. Yeah. And that's, that's e easy sort of easy search, easy find, anything that's going on in a neighbourhood, uh, any deals that are happening, that's fantastic. Yeah, that's how yeah. it works. Absolutely. And, and was there much interest from people here? Because it's very relevant to them. Yeah, there was... There was uh, a crowd. I've got a lot of people to follow up with. <laughs> it's always good when, when you go to a conference and the day, the day works out that you're yeah. very busy the next day. You've got as more business cards going back than you had when you came. Good. That's always a good way. Well, it'd be good to um, have a one-to-one -one interview on this and actually go through it. Uh, you know, you and can, we'll you work can through take it. me through it a bit We'll more. work through it slide by slide and yeah. exactly how it works. But for now, too tired. Got to go home. <laughs> Lovely talking Great to you. Great to see you, Ben. Thanks very Thanks. much. Bye. Uh, Steve Gardner-Collins, um, sales director for the Hank Collection. And I'm event organiser for the Three Counties and Cotswolds Tourism Forum 2020. Yeah, so you've been running the event. I've been filming today. How did it go for you? Yeah, it was great. I think it was a really engaging day. I think it was educational. I think it was uh, really important that the sector comes together and shares experience, shares knowledge, and has an opportunity to network. And because this happens on an annual basis, it isn't very often that we all get together in the same room. And I yeah. think by doing that, we're able to... Um, share and uh, learn and teach each other and I think that's part of what, what we're all about at the moment. So there's a lot of talk today about partnerships and companies working together. Um, I think that's, that's been a really good theme for the day. You said that it's only once a year though. Um, are you looking at doing things in between to keep that momentum going? Yeah, something that came about very strongly today was how we all need to um, do more and more often. So uh, towards the end of the day, it was very apparent that we needed to have our own LinkedIn group. We needed to focus on updating our LinkedIn page and actually have dialogue ongoing between us all. And then I've been working with the university recently uh, to kind of put together another forum for right. students and for our sector to come together. The message this morning was very much about engaging with the future generation and how we go about that. So what better way to do it than in a half day forum follow-up in June to bring students and the sector together, put them in the same room, have some industry uh, uh, information for the students to take away and let them network and engage and let the students find out what the opportunities are to work in our sector. Yeah, it's a really good idea. So there'll be a follow-up then and then we've, we've got next year booked already, the 11th of February 2021. Already planned in. Already planned, always, already bookable online. Um, so I think we're we're trying to be one step ahead, really organised, and by doing that, we can keep the momentum going and actually achieve something off the back of this. Yeah. Is there one thing out of today that you feel that um, people can take away, and whether, whether you're working with a tourist company or your hospitality restaurant, however, however you are involved, uh, is there anything that people can do that they really should be motivated to do after today? Well, buzzword there, motivation. I think if you can take away the motivation and you can be a proactive person and you don't just go back and carry on doing the yeah. same old thing, I think the messages all day were don't just sit there and 
do what you do, actually work together, collaborate. If you sell tickets and someone else sells tickets, sell your tickets together. If you are a hotel and you can partner with an attraction, sell the visit and the overnight stay with an attraction ticket and give the visitor experience. The whole message this morning was about experience and finding and unearthing those experiences. And then when you're dealing with international markets and, and the rest of the UK, actually educating them about what's available here. Yeah. We're all about food and drink. We're all about local. We're all about the Cotswolds and the three counties, beautiful parts of the world. So we should be showcasing that this is a great place to visit. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you very much for inviting me. It was a Pleasure. really good day. I've learned a lot. Now I'm tired. It's time to go home. Good. Cool. Thanks, me too. <laughs> Cheers. Bye.